Hey everyone, this is your host, Chris Chief and Blurred's Eye View. And if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Here, let me explain. First, it's free. You definitely can't beat that. Plus, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast and more. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. back everyone this is blurred's eye view i'm your host chris g thank you for turning in uh we got some great things coming up we got a lot to talk about we have the disney marvel they've been pretty busy for this past week maybe past two weeks actually uh and the stuff they have coming up for their slots for their tv film division and we got some stuff going on with dc and stuff that's going on with them we'll talk about them in a little bit um a lot of stuff going on with Diamond distri- Distribution, which deals with a lot of the comics and books that goes to all the brick-and-mortar stores. So they'll be talking about uh, starting back in mid-May. Now, we got a lot of that stuff going on. But if you haven't been paying attention through this whole spiel, if I've been talking a little fast for you, I didn't notice. I, if you did notice, I mentioned we. And that's because I got a guest host on there. Hopefully, he's going to be my co-host. Uh, introduce yourself. Looking forward to it. Uh, I am Gary. He is a little knowledgeable one on the comic book. I'm more the comic relief. Uh, with me is the Black Wing Wilson. <laughs> I'm here to provide what I can, but also to allow him to shine his greatness. Because I'm happy to be here. I'm having a lot. It's been a crazy month. It's been a crazy week. Yeah. I'm really glad that I'm able to do something besides, you know, work and watch old reruns of shows and movies and there's no live sports since that day. <laughs> you mentioned that we're gonna give it a pause three so you mentioned agents of shield new season starting up in may so it's coming up real soon it's actually starting up in may i think it's the end of may may 27th i am looking forward to it if you have not watched the last season everybody i suggest highly 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 check this thing out it let we get a lot of stuff uh if you haven't watched it Spoiler alert, because it's been over a year. We get Colson. <laughs> yeah, we. Six months, there's no spoiler alert anymore. Exactly, exactly. It's on Netflix. I advise you to go watch it right now, season one, all the way up until where they stopped at before you get. You got, you got time. Right. You got time to go back and start. I went back and watched the first island episode and forgot how green everything was. Daisy, you had. 
my guy Michael who ended up being like oh my god it killed me. Oh uh who uh you uh <laughs> you talking about uh uh J. August Richards character? Yeah, okay, gun. Well, I keep I know him as gun. I know him as gun from but uh if those who if you've really been paying attention to the show, he actually plays Deathlock. Uh he becomes Deathlock later on in the show. And I wanted he shows up again, but I wanted I really wanted him to flesh out well, I really wanted them to flesh that out more. Uh God, he he's, he's such a, he's actually a character I thought about cosplaying because it was such a cool costume and it wasn't so yeah, it wasn't as gory as the Yeah, yeah. It wasn't overly done. It was just just right. It was just right. So uh here's a here's a little related note about the next coming the upcoming season of Agent Seal. We get a call back to Agent Carter. Yeah, we get a call back to Agent Carter. Um Right. We're not sure if we're gonna see Peggy herself just yet, but we do get to see uh Agent Sosa. Susa. Uh, that's, that's my guy, Susa. Mm-hmm. He was a badass, man. He had that one little crutch. He was out there killing stuff. Yeah, and he was still handling his business. I'm like, he didn't want anybody feeling sorry for him. And, and that's why I like this character. Because you could tell he had a deficiency, but he didn't want to let it define him. He wanted to be pretty normal. He was kicking ass and taking names. He was shooting people all over the place. And the, but he was he was a pure guy. Yeah, I think the best part about that show about Agent Carter was in Agent Sousa and Agent Carter's relationship, so to speak, was how they treated him. They treated her pretty viciously because it was that time. It was the 1920s and they just she wasn't a woman that was so, quote unquote, in her place. And they treated him pretty much in that same pool because he was, you know, he was crippled. But he was very able, just like Agent Carter. He was just as able and like even even then he was still worried about her, but she was like, No, I got this and then he was like, Well, I got it too. So they had a good dynamic. I really wanted him what was it, two seasons? Oh, I wanted him to go for more. The way they ended Agent Carter, they left you open to have the to, to the red the black widow program for the red room and everything. And I'm like, Oh God, we could have seen so much more. And that show had so much potential because when they put it on, it was a time that you didn't have Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on. So they were their own entities because it wasn't, it didn't show anything other than, you know, you had Howard Stark and Jarvis. And, right. But it was it was also a show that could have stood on its own had they given it a chance. Because I think the second season, and this is not popular, but the second season wasn't that great. And I think it's because they knew they weren't coming back for a third or they might have felt early on in the recording. So they didn't put... Yeah, because it was so highly expected and everything else. And I think a lot of what happened with and this and this is kind of like the same thing that happened with Agents of Shield is the first season right out the park, second season just as strong. They started faltering around their third and fourth season, and and they were it was it was touch and go for a minute there, and then the fifth season came along and it really picked up. 
the third and fourth season, I think they were trying to compete, trying to the movies were coming out. So yeah, right, yeah. right. He had Captain America, he had Winter Soldier coming, so it was like they weren't trying to incorporate the movies and try to stand alone, but fans were clamoring for some kind of, well, what were they going on? This was going on. Yeah, like, exactly. The part that they play, I think. There, so we got to know Coulson is still a part of King around Nick Fury, so he has to know something. So, right. They, just, they, they, they tried, they were ambitious. They were. They were. I mean, their storytelling was. Not over the top, but for it to be a small show and not being able to have that cinematic effect and for it to only be an hour, there's only so much you can do in an hour. Yeah. And being able to tell that story like the movie told in two or three, it didn't quite work out because they were trying to do it week to week. So it, it, it faltered a little bit, got slow, it kind of watered down and drawn out. But once they got away from that, we went back to, hey, we stand alone. Our own characters, our own story arcs, our own our own way to go back to it, like season one and two, is phenomenal. Yeah. I think it was a fine line for them to walk because even Nick even us have <laughs> I know him as Nick Fury now. Even Sam Jackson was saying that, hey, he wanted to be on the show. He would do it for free. There's a lot of characters that want to be on the show. Yeah. Because of the movie and the contracts and everything, they couldn't. And he was probably the, well, next to the actress that plays Maria Hill, they were the, him and him and Sam, him and her, they were the only two characters oh, yeah. that made it over on the show. And I think he yeah. was on there with twice, you know, twice. and yeah. she was on there once. And it just, it was like, I think the only true crossover they had was beyond that was, I think it was season three or four, where one of the doctors that was, to, was it was it was during the Inhuman Saga. It was yeah, during that. Oh, and yeah. the, when they were doing all the experimentation and everything, and one of the doctors that was on there said he had to go because he was going to, they were going to catch up to him. And yeah. he left. Well, where he was leaving to go to was where it picks up in Avengers: Age of Ultron, and that's where it picked up at. Because, uh, like, I think at the end of that season, that's when Nick Fury shows up, and that's when you realize they called out the Avenger Initiative, and that's when you be like, "Oh, they about to show up." Well, they didn't show up on the show; they showed up in Age of Ultron, and that's where the Doctor yeah. shows up, and he was probably in the film for like ten minutes, you know. Yeah. If that Lady Sif, Lady Sif showed up. Yeah, Lady Sif. That's yeah, right. That episode was amazing because that brought in a lot of viewers too. Oh yeah, no doubt. Because everybody wanted like, what the heck happened to Lady Sif? <laughs> like, she wasn't in any other movies. No, and she wasn't. And like, and that's what upset a lot of people. It was like, what happened? That was the downside to branching over to the films. That yeah. was the downside to. Those characters in the Warriors Three, like all of them died. Like in Thor Ragnarok, it was it was crazy. I'm like, wait a minute, you killed all three of the. War I'm like, they were kind of like the comic relief almost. At once, yeah. You know, one after the other, here and there. In the beginning of the movie, they killed all three. I'm like, Volstagg didn't even get like a line out. <laughs> I was like, Hella came out and just killed him flat out before he even had a chance to say anything. So it just kind of destroyed. At least those secondary characters that I that I seen as almost the the comic relief, you know, uh, they those were great characters. Those were really great characters. I really wish they had a, a spoke on them more, but uh, 
it, it was a lot. But speaking of Thor, uh, Chris Hemsworth, he's, you know, currently has a movie on Netflix, which I plan on checking out myself. But he's... Yeah, me too. Um, he is talking about his script for Thor Love and Thunder. He said it's probably the best script he's ever seen considering the uh, involving this character. Uh, uh, I always, always wrecked it. Taiki Watiti. I always wrecked that dude's name and I hope I got it right. <laughs> but he's becoming a triple threat in Hollywood because not only is he directing films, he's starring in them. He's writing it. He's helping them produce and he's writing and directing. He's like... What you know? What we do in the shadows, which is hilarious, is a hilarious film. Oh yeah! And and it's now a TV show that's on effects. But back to Chris Helmsworth, you know, he's saying it's probably the best he's seen. He can't wait to revisit this role. And as you know, with with COVID nineteen, oh god, it sounds like we're. It's not. It doesn't even sound like a virus anymore. It sounds like Galactus or Thanos <laughs> has come and just gave the snap or whatever. But. He can't wait to revisit this character because it, they said he's saying it's so much more depth than it was for like Thor Ragnarok, and I'm like, oh god! I, and Thor Ragnarok was amazing, you know. Thor Ragnarok showed the potential because I want, I want to play. Yeah, yeah. I want more of that. I do. I do. Uh, I, want, I want. I want Hulk versus Wolverine. Yeah. But Thor Ragnarok gave us that glimpse of what could be. Because, I mean, it's pretty much Thor Ragnarok, but it's also Planet Hawk. Kind of. Right. And a small dose of it. Yeah, my guy, uh, man, I'm always forgetting his names. Um, Ant. <laughs> and I can't remember his name right now. Who do you play? He was the Ant. The, uh, the, the insect character. Oh! And Taiki Watiti did actually voice uh good lord. Now nah, I'm I'm flagging out. <laughs> but it was funny because it, like he had a you know, you hear you have this big rock like character and you're expecting to have this gruff voice and here he is, he has this New Zealand accent. Yeah. And it's it's hilarious, you know. And I'm I'm like, I was not expecting that whole sound. It was polite. Right. And I'm like, that just gave the whole character a whole number. Level and I'm like I want I'm like please don't kill this dude off I need I need to see that guy and it's it's funny to hear and speak about him so we're moving on to mm, well not just Thor but um, the moving up of all the films as many people know COVID nineteen has pretty much caused everything to come to a full stop and oh like, it's just... i i i've affectionately come to know it as thanos was right because there is <laughs> there's yeah, stuff happening he didn't that even know he right i'm like this happened and stuff is going on and people are not showing up and Wildlife is teaming again, and yeah, like whales were in New York. <laughs> yeah, I'm out. like you have jellyfish showing up in Venice, Italy, and, and the water is clear. And I'm like, things are happening. I'm like, maybe he was right. I don't know, but as you know, like it, it, it canceled a lot of stuff. A lot of conventions was canceled. A lot of businesses are shut down. Uh, when this blows over, and I hope it's soon. We, I'm waiting to see how this all turns out. But it has caused 
on the entertainment front, on the movie front, and film in film and television front. Well, yeah, television front too. It's yeah. caused a lot to be moved back or moved up. Uh, in the case of the Marvel films, it's been a big shuffle. Um, Black Widow was originally supposed to come out this in May. It was supposed to come out at the beginning of May. Uh, actually, what may, matter of fact, I think it was supposed to come out this weekend. I believe so. If it wasn't this weekend, it was next weekend because I know they teamed they it. In, yeah, so they te- so yeah, it was. So they was they was teaming it in league with the first. It was going to be in, in league with uh, Free Comic Book Day, which is always the first weekend of May, which would have been next weekend. So yeah, yeah. it, it would have it was it would have been coming out next week, but they moved its date back to uh, November third, I do believe, and. What's crazy about that release is they moved it back to November 3rd. That caused, uh, it was, a what's the other Marvel film? The Eternals. The Eternals was supposed to come out November 3rd, but that's moved them back to the beginning of next year, which has caused everything got shifted. And it just pushed everything back. So it took, it took its dates. Um, as far as the television front, we haven't heard too much besides the fact that they've obviously stopped production like on uh, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, which I'm really much looking forward to. But uh, it moved Eternals back to the beginning of the year of next, the beginning of next year. Uh, Thor Love and Thunder was supposed to be November 5th of next year. Now it's been moved to February of 2022. And it's just caused a whole shift. So here it is. Here's the dates. Black Widow is now coming out November 6th of 2020. Uh, The Eternals is coming out February 12th of 2021. Um, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings is coming out May 7th. Uh, The third Spider-Man movie has actually been moved back to November 5th of next year. Thor is February of February 11th of 2022. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is March 25th, 2022. Black Panther seems to still kept its date, which is May 6th of 2022. Captain Marvel 2 is July 8th of 2022. And then another untitled movie, which is October 7th of 2022. And my guess for that one is possibly... Guardians. Guardians, that's gonna be. I got Guardians of Galaxy three or the Blade. Yeah, it's one of those two. That was gonna be my second guess. Those are those, but it's a safe bet. Don't worry, Marvel fans, and I'm one of them. We still get plenty of Marvel this year. Oh yeah. Um, they're you know they obviously might they might be done with WandaVision, so we still supposed to get that uh, this year. They might be pushing back the day for uh, Captain or for Falcon and Winter Soldier, and he, um, let's face it, Cap- Falcon is Captain America at this point, uh, yeah. j- just like he was in the books. Um, but twenty, uh, but for one well, really, reason is in December. Yeah, so well, so they they still might be safe then. They still yeah. might be safe. Um, we only getting one Marvel movie this year. That's weird. <laughs> We get one Marvel movie, but but they but they they ramp it up, you know, because then the following year 
you get three six. Marvels, and then like the following year after that, you get five. So like yeah. they're back to saturating the market again. I'm like, we're about to get this money back. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of getting money back, Disney, thanks to pretty much every film they've dropped last year, made like twenty billion dollars. Yeah, they dropped onward on there. Yeah, like they killed uh, the stuff. game majorly. And I'm all for it, you know. I I, I, I like I like Disney Plus because I can still go see um, Endgame. They have that on there. I went back and watched that a week or two ago just because I was like, I seen it in the theater when it first dropped. Mm-hmm. So I seen it again. Uh, I think it was like a month later. I went back and watched it. And every time I watch it, it's like new to me. And especially with everything going on right now, it's like, is this how we got to get back? Like, we got to travel back in the past and find COVID and then take it off? Because I got to feel like... We got to go back and get the stones. We got to yeah. we gotta straighten this all out. Don't talk to yourself. Right. Uh, don't do anything you hadn't done in the past other than Cat, who kind of just was like, I'm going to live my life in these five seconds. Hey, look, he put in his work for 70 years. I felt like he deserved some R&R. &R. That man crammed 70 years in the five seconds like nobody I've ever seen. Like, <laughs> like he got his girl. He married his girl. He got it in. He was done. He was he like, look, I kids, live. He, got, he went back and had that dance. He got to see World Series. He got a girl, a house, and a picket fence. He lived the American dream. All the standards died. Like, uh -oh. He really lived life. Yeah. Yeah, he, like he said, like he took he took Tony's advice. He said, "I'm gonna go back and get some of that that well, life." I was, he was always talking about. about. Yeah, <laughs> everybody keep talking about do stuff. I don't leave here. Do stuff after we get that beat up, people. Right, and then here's a, here's another piece of uh, info that 2022. So actually, is actually their untitled film could be Spider Man Into the Spider Verse sequel because theirs is actually coming out. October yeah. 2022, but see, that's under Sony still. Yeah. But they still work in league with Marvel. Uh, Morbius, where's that at? Ah, that could be the, or that, see, now the now the numbers have gone up. <laughs> <laughs> the numbers have Morbius. gone up. So it's like. Venom let, let there be, Venom, let there be carnage. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. yeah. That was a great teaser. I was like, that was a great teaser. I'm like, oh, yeah, because it's, it's Woody Harrelson is playing Carnage. And this is going to be fun to see that. Here's the thing about that Venom film. It made, I think, $800 million. It might have it might have met the billion-dollar mark, but for a film of its stature, it made $800 million. And it did great. And it's a watchable film. And it's actually it's one, of Stan, one of Stan Lee's last moments on film. I think that was the year. Yeah. Like every film that came out that year, it was like his one of his last few performances. I think it was that. Now I think the last one might have been um, Captain Marvel. His his last live action was Captain Marvel. His last voice work was Into the Spider Verse. His last voice. So it, you know there was there was a lot going on there. Um, man, we've gone through so much for that. <laughs> it was like we. Like, so, uh, DC's been talking about their distribution problems. Uh, 
distribution, distribution, distribution. So here's here's the story. Like once again, quarantine, everything shut down, COVID nineteen, the enemy, the Thanos. We didn't know we actually had. Where are the heroes? Anyway, oh right. So they have Diamond Distribution are is the company that helps distribute all the comics for all the companies or all the bookstores around the country. Well, obviously they, you know, because they wanted to play it safe, not showing how this virus lives on stuff and everything else. They stopped distribution. They wanted to play it safe and I don't blame them, but at the same time I do. Uh, Because, you know, there's a lot of places that, you know, depend on them and their product, you know, to come out to them. So, there was uh, DC had decided DC Comics decided they were going to try to go a different route. They were going to go from uh, t- these two other dis- distribution companies to see if they can make this work. Um, there was a lot of backlash about that. There's, you know, not a lot of people are happy with this, and it makes it a little rough for them. And I can understand why because you you have to build like a fan or a customer base. With yeah. your product, and when when you're the main one, basically, it's just like if Apple decided to just fold, and you have millions of people who has an Apple iPhone or Apple product somewhere. You were like, well, something happened. Like your Apple, your Apple store shut down. Guess what? Your phone's crap now because you can't do anything. So, this is kind of the the same thing with Diamond Distribution. Uh, they're reestablishing. Uh, they've decided to reestablish, reestablish uh, their distribution to come out to mid to late May, as like I called it earlier. After suspending their operations at the beginning of the month due to the coronavirus uh, epidemic, so you have a lot of uh, companies who are looking at uh, these two new regional distributors called Lunar and UCS. And digital platforms. Now, I'm not a digital person as far as comics. I'm one of those guys. I prefer to have my stuff in my hand, you know. And they're expecting a lot of other people to come in and say, hey, we'll go with you guys. But there's a lot of, like, my bookstore is like, no, like, bookstore I go to, Carolyn Johns. That's a free shout-out, John Dudis. Uh, <laughs> shameless plug. Shameless plug. Carolyn Johns and Cam's Corners in Lakewood, Ohio. Check them out. Uh, but uh, they they were like, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to go that route because you know we we've got this thing going, and it was like you don't kind of mess with a good thing. And I don't blame them, you know. Like, no. but then you have smaller businesses because Carolyn Johns been in business for like thirty years, so they're kind of what we call Cleveland rich. You know, they got a good standing, you know, which is almost, yeah, yeah, you know, which is very much unheard of for any brick and mortar comic book store. But, uh, they were exactly nowadays. And so I kind of understand that owner's perspective saying, like, we're not going to change that up. You know, we're the formula we're doing is fine. We can stay afloat. But as far as the other guy, he can't speak for, I don't blame him. They got to do what they got to do. It depends, though. It really all depends. Like, the, the success of another distributor. Can they be on time? Are they going to offer as much incentive? This is it, a whole umbrella of stuff that happens that they have to figure out. So, 
That yeah. drama is waiting to be seen. Uh, May will be here next week. We'll have just what two more weeks before we find out what's going on. Yeah, what's going on? How it's going to play out? And oh, I haven't read a comic in a while, and I used to read them all the time. I started. I got started with Superman. That was my introduction to superhero dumb back in the eighties with Superman, um, Wolverine. So I'm kind of old school in that way too. If I'm going to read a book, I don't really want to read it on my phone or an iPad or a computer because you can't get to turn another page. It don't feel real. Right. Like, there's so much. And if that fails, then what? I got a dead phone, dead iPad. I got nothing. I can't do anything. Right. For me, myself, I don't know how that would work because I know people do their audio books. And if they do an audio book, who's, who's going to voice it? Are they going to do the characters right? Are they going to get the Joker's laugh right? Because if you do a Joker laugh and it's not right, I'm turning it off. I take that now. Right. Be on point. He scans my. I'm Joker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I won't be laugh. Right. I won't, laugh. I want Batman to sound grizzled like an old detective who's like three days away from retirement. And he just don't know what he want to do. And he's constipated all the time. And it's not happy. <laughs> it's just not the same. Right. So for me, I, I like doing the voices when I'm reading something. So I want, it just has to be done right. It can be done because we do live in that age where millennials and everybody else are, everything's on the go. I want it now. I don't want to go to a store and get it. If you can just beam it to me, then I'll be cool. So you have those people, then you have old school people who love going to that bookstore and interacting with those people, being around other comic book fans and being able to talk about the latest issue they read and recommend what's good. And, you know, that is interaction. For me, I think it's more of an interaction with other people who are like-minded. That is one of the reasons people shop at stores like that. Mm-hmm. Because the product can be just, you can get a comic book from anywhere. Yeah, it's going to be good. But some of those places do special events and things like that. So it's just, it's the atmosphere that has changed now. Right. I think that's the biggest thing that this whole pandemic has shown is atmosphere has changed. Um, and it's just not the same. You don't get to interact with those people like you do face to face and be able to see the joy in their eye when they're, you know, sitting there reading and, oh man, check this out. This, this is a good book. I recommend it. So it's just, it can be done, but will it be the same emotion with it? Is what I think would be the biggest question for me. Um, just being able to see, like, going into a memorabilia store for sports. I mean, it just ain't the same as buying it online because it just don't, you don't feel authentic. And that's what I think the biggest part of it would be. I mean, and then with them being so new, will they be trusted? Can they, like you said, can they deliver on time? If I need my books by May 1st and they're not even the people feel May 5th, you gotta make it he look bad out of business. Right. I promise my people on time. They're used to having this on time, you know, when they need it. So I think that'd be the biggest challenge. Yeah. Being good and them being able to stand and deliver what Diamond was delivering. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in related news to pushbacks and reschedules, 
Oh, when are we going to get Supernatural's last few couple episodes? Good Lord. It's already the last season. We don't have to. Uh, oh, yeah, they stopped that, didn't they? Yeah. It, it, that virus stopped everything. Uh, it, it, we just got a new Flash episode last week. We should get another one next week. I think the only shows, as far as the Arrowverse, that have not been affected is Black Lightning because they finished their season already before this all kicked off. Yeah. Arrow and DC Legends of Tomorrow, which still is dropping new episodes. They said they're good until almost the end of May, you know, which is probably their se- their season finale anyway, you know. Yeah. Uh, as far as everything else, as far as Flash, Batwoman, Supergirl, uh, Supernatural, Walking Dead, if people are still watching it, but... <laughs> They're still out there. Yeah, they're still out there, but like their shows originally their shows won't end till later in the year, which is crazy because yeah, now you're cutting in other shows. You're cutting in other shows. You might get something during the summer, I don't know, but there's one plus side to that. Yeah, you got to wait to see the rest of the episodes, but the after you see those last few episodes, you don't your wait for the new season isn't as long yeah, and it's still sure. fresh in your mind. So there's a there's a give and take. There's a give and yeah. take. So I I don't like when shows go because Marvel's Age of the Shield was two years. The last episode was what almost two years ago now. Yeah, God, has it been two years? Lord, I almost. Can't. I think they ended in eighteen. I believe, mm. and I. It was like this with Smallville. Like that was the only Agents of Smallville was two shows I watched religiously when they came on, and I'm still missing Smallville. But Agents of Shield, I believe it's been. Oh man, it might have been a minute. It might have been a minute. I'm not sure. I'd have to check that out. When they last episode was, good lord. But um, heck. We'll get into the meat and potatoes of the main core of what we're going to talk about right after this little break. Welcome back. This is your host, Chris G. This is Blurred's Eye View, podcast issue number 3017. Uh, who, who's counting anymore because we're all stuck indoors. Uh, once again... No content here, baby. <laughs> <laughs> like We're all going to look like the characters from, from Wally in a minute, so... For the second voice that you're hearing on this podcast, here's our new co-host. I am still here. I haven't got fired yet, so I must be doing something right. That's Darius. He's a sports guy, now a, a blurred because I am missing out on sports. So I went back to my roots. Uh, I went back to watch a comic book movie. Uh, full disclosure, I do have Dusty Clean playing in front of me. Um, it was on TNT, and I cannot stop watching it, even though it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. It's the train wreck that we all can watch. We can all watch and can't turn away from. I'll admit. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it wasn't what we was promised when they came out with Return of Superman, but I won't get into that movie because that spiel nobody wants to hear my my uh, fifty five cents on that trash. <laughs> oh my god, Superman! They did him so dirty in that movie. Like, Which one in uh, in in Justice League? Oh, Superman Returns with Brandon Roth. Oh. That train. And the thing was, Brandon Roth was amazing. That's the thing. 
He was yeah. actually good. But he wasn't played in the right light. Right. Just, it you know, it took and it and this is this is a nice segue. It took Crisis of Infinite Infinite Earths to show the Superman we all needed and wanted, and that fixed everything. So if you're not paying attention, people, this episode is about crossovers. And crossovers and and the, the the stories we've seen in comics over the years and what we've seen in the television and film dis- industry and what they've offered us. So, here's a, li- a little list I've made and we can kind of go off of what we've seen. The movies we've seen that had that were supposed to be major impacts and major crossovers. We'll start it off with the Dark Phoenix Saga, which has been done twice already. <laughs> so... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Through Fox Studios, no longer Fox Studios, it is now, or 21st Century yeah, Fox, are, is yeah, now known as, yeah, they're now known as 21st Century, thanks to Disney. The House of Mouse yeah. bought them out finally this year, if you hadn't been paying attention. So we were, we're, we're, we're going to get our mutants all under one roof again. Um, yeah, the Dark Phoenix Saga, uh, the first time it was done, it was what, in the nine, late 90s? Early two thousand, uh, you know, Hugh Jackman was still Wolverine at the time. Uh, Famke Jensen was uh, was Jean Grey. James Marsters was Cyclops. They Better that was X Men Three, and they yeah. really for a film to have as many mutants <laughs> in it, they yeah. really shoehorned a lot into it, and I really did not. I didn't like that. It yeah, just. It's kind of all over the place. It was. It was really was. all over the place. It was too much. I think the best we got out of it is, I'm the juggernaut, bitch. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I mean, it was the best we uh, got out of that film. Uh, but we, that wasn't even the best juggernaut. It it wasn't the best juggernaut. The best and juggernaut was in Deadpool too. It did exactly. Who was played vo- or at least who's voiced by Ryan Reynolds? So. <laughs> So dark. So that was the first Dark Phoenix saga. When it was done again, it was with the first class, which are the younger versions of the mutants. Uh, oh, what is her name? She's married to one of the the Jonas brothers now, but she was the Stark, one of the oldest Stark sister. She's playing Jean Grey now. I'm I'm crapping with names today. God, I'm the missing here, man. Yeah. I am crapping names today. The people who make these movies are going to be like, these guys do not know our names. We got to put their names in gold. <laughs> put them in gold. <laughs> like, it was, it's, it's, it was, this latest one that they just released, I own it. I own it on DVD because here it is. With Michael Fassbender and James McAvoy, great Magneto, great Professor X. Honestly, exactly. really, they yeah. Nicholas Holt. Nicholas Holt actually did a really good job as Beast. Great like that job. Beast better than the original series of movies. Yeah, that boy, that that Beast in the, the new class, he had more depth to him. It wasn't just like stuffy. Yeah, like Beast that we seen in the cartoon. Yeah, I mean, and that was fine. Like with Kelsey Grammer, that was fine because he played yeah. the stuffy role good, but he's not yeah, an yeah, action yeah, guy. Yeah. So yeah, no. It was it, he was a politician in that role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 
the, the first class, here's my thing with all the first class students, because that's how they're known to me now. Um, this The latest Dark Phoenix film, there's a scene that really stands out, and it's the train scene. And I don't know if you've seen that, but... I see bits and pieces of it. The train... Man, the train scene that Mag... Basically, all the all of them are caught. They're all caught. Magneto, Nightcrawler, all of them. Jean is being held captive. They got her sedated. She's held captive. I can't remember how they got loose. But the aliens that they're fighting, they're shape-shifting aliens... But it's not the scrolls. I, oh, it's some it's other. Crazy. It's other. It's some <laughs> other race of aliens. Because, mind you, this came out at a time where Captain Marvel had just dropped. You know, yeah, uh, Spider Man Far From Home just dropped. You seen the scrolls mentioned in these films? So at the time, the X Men franchise wasn't under the Marvel imprint or Marvel Disney imprint film imprint. Oh, that was afterwards. Yeah, and so. You know, they, they couldn't use the name Scroll because guess what? Marvel's already using it. They can't use that name. So they used another race of alien, and I'm like, oh, that's who they were supposed to be. But, you know, really, they're not in whatever. So they kind of gave you they kind of gave you a dry explanation about the Phoenix Force. But fast forward to the train scene, which is possibly the most standout action scene I've seen Magneto do. When I say badass, Michael Fassbender, to me, will be Magneto. Oh, yeah. He, he definitely played that role. He Very played cool. that role, and I'm like, just like when Disney bought Mar uh, bought Fox, and the only person to keep his job was Ryan Reynolds, and I'm like, well, tell James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender they kept their jobs, too, because they oh, didn't, yeah. they didn't yeah. fail yeah. those characters. Yeah. They they reprised those roles and made them their own, and also made them again. They had more depth in the fest the the, the first class movie. Right, it seemed like they gave them more depth, like more free range. It wasn't in the in the beginning. It was stuffy. It was like Fox was just like, "Hey, we just gonna get these steps. We are gonna throw them out here." Other than you, Jack, Holly Berry, to a certain extent, her parts was pretty good. Yeah, but the storm, she was dope. Yeah. Uh, like they were all you see they had to bring back well they brought back uh Patrick Stewart and yeah. the, brought him back from the The Days of Future Past, which we'll touch on yeah. in a minute. But uh but yeah, I mean they were they were less stuffy, so it was really, they gave them more life, so they should be moving forward with those characters. Yeah, they should. They should. Uh since we'll stay with the X Men, we'll talk about the uh we're gonna go with Days of Future Past. Um this one was dealing with the original cast. Of the X Men, the Holly Berry, uh, Hugh Jackman yeah. was always a, a, a staying point in in that whole camp. Oh, yeah, uh, Patrick Stewart, uh, James McAvoy. That's when he showed up. Michael Fassbender. That's when he was showing up in it. So they were showing both ends of the whole thing. Uh, Days yeah. of Future Past. They they changed a little bit. They never really did give Kitty Pride a lot of love. <sighs> Poor Kitty, man. She got cut. I mean, she just—I didn't even know she had that power though. I know she could go through walls. But I didn't know she could send me back. That was yeah, they just amped her up, and I'm like, ah, oh, they just kind of changed a lot. It was dark. They showed Bishop. 
they showed uh, yeah. yeah they showed bishop but it was so short-lived and i'm like ah you had an opportunity to show us more bishop and you didn't and, and you know yeah. and you know you had a you uh blink you gave us blink you gave us characters that people were really looking forward to seeing. They had a lot of French characters in that movie. Yeah, a lot and of ones that weren't well known. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, you had not thought was it Thunderbolt? No, you had Warpath. You had Warpath. Yeah, Warpath was and you had these characters, and you kind of like you tossed them in there. You tossed them in there because when it was found out, like, oh, you got Bishop, you got Blink, you Blink, and Bishop were fan favorites, especially Blink. After Bishop was my guy. Yeah, you know. <laughs> And and you kind of gave them like these five minute rolls. <laughs> it was like that was it. And I'm like, oh man, yeah. you kind of crapped them, you know. And it became the Wolverine story, which is which which is what it is. But yeah. it was like, oh, you kind of you kind of spent it a little bit on its heels a little bit. But see, that was the introduction also of their version of Quicksilver, which at the time. We had already had another Quicksilver in the Marvel Universe films, and we just based it off of how cool they looked. That that the Age of Ultron Quicksilver was probably better than the the Fox Studios Quicksilver, and it totally. I like the Fox one. Yes, it turned out the roles were completely switched around. Like the one in the Fox Studios one, despite the way he dressed, he was awesome. But he, I think he was dressed for his time. Yeah, he, he was. was. Like, like the 80s. Yeah, yeah. His, his, his slow scenes were just that. Oh, yeah, those were some great scenes. His, his slow down speed. His, it his, showed his, everything. And that's what they, yeah. I was like, yeah, that's what you bank on. That's what you use. And that's yeah, how that, it works. That's where the money meant for that. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, he just saved all they behinds. You know? <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's cool. The dog and the pizza. He <laughs> I can still I can still play that scene and laugh because of everything he's doing because that's quick Quicksilver. He's very brash. He's very obnoxious, and he's just like yeah. my dude is doing a moonwalk in one scene while he's saving everybody because he has time. Yeah, like dude just walks up. He's eating a Twinkie, and he's like, "Oh, what the hell? This mansion's blowing up. I gotta save everybody." You know, like this is my first time here. When he's done, he was just like, "Yeah, I saved everybody." I'm a big deal. You know, I'm a big deal. You know, so uh, it had some bright spots. Days of Future Past was not horrible. It definitely had some bright spots, and Quicksilver scene was uh, was one of them. Uh, the other film we've actually seen as a crossover, and it was a slight variation, was Civil War. Um, the Civil War in the comics was built up a little different. It actually started with the new warriors and they had became this reality tv show hero team they were going around a lot of the super villains have basically broken out of the raft which is the the big prison, yeah. super villain villain prison that they're held in it was a breakout earlier in the year in the comics so the new warriors you know they're the young upstarts basically you know they're a little combination of uh, uh they're all heroes in their own right they all have abilities to one point or another uh, but uh they call themselves recording their exploits to kind of grow their fan base you know to get more recognition to go. yeah yeah oh booster <laughs> oh my god yeah so 
uh, in one of their exploits, they were going after a villain by the name of Nitro. Now, Nitro had the ability to basically explode. That was his power. Think of him as Bakugan from My Hero Academia. This dude's body could explode and cause these massive explosions. Well, they broke it. They didn't break into it. They were recording it. They were sneaking in, and he spotted them, and this big chase gave foot. Uh, it went downhill, and it went downhill fast. Uh, during the scuffle... They're fighting, they punching, one of them punches and he flies into like a schoolyard and he literally kills like, I think, I believe it was like 355 people, like women, kids, just, it killed a lot of people. This was televised and this caused the government to say, okay, all the heroes, they got to get registered. They, they got to be held responsible for the collateral damage. Who's going to pay for this stuff? And this is what caused the civil war between the actual heroes. Because because they had to sign their name basically on a dotted line saying, hey, I'm such and such. And this is my real name. And this is who I am. And, and the government had full access to that. And this is where Tony... Stark and Captain America were split on the idea, which is very rare because the government knows who Captain America is. He has no problem. Like, let's face it, the only people he loved are still alive now, and they can take care of themselves. Everybody else he knew was gone. But he felt like, he felt like, uh, uh, your, you know, your life is your own. It's a reason why you have, it's a reason why you wear the mask, and it should be, it should stay private. And this kicked off a whole big deal because Tony Stark was for the government. He was like, yeah, these kids got to be held responsible. These, you know, all of them got to. surprised me. Yeah. Like that, that was surprising that the roles were reversed because I always see Cap is not really big government, but patriotic. So He's very patriotic. Very patriotic. He, he's, he's always what I thought to be what the country should be really founded on. Like, that's the guy we should be following like his whole ideal that everybody talks about. That's him. He's that ideal. He, he didn't care what race you were. He didn't care what, what country you came from. He didn't care what your sex was. He was like, look, if it's right, it's right. If it's wrong, it's wrong. There's no in between. There's no gray area, you know, he didn't care. Yeah. He was like, he didn't see color. You know, he didn't see race. He didn't see none of that. You know, he was just like, look, I'm just fighting the. I'm helping fight the fight for the little guy. That's who I am. So yeah, that that, that was his thing. He was always champion. He was a little guy's champion. Right. So him. right. So it became. It was so many great stories that came out of that, out of the Civil War camp. Because uh, I think two of the ones that stood out the most to me was uh, Peter Parker had just went ahead and sided with Tony because he felt yeah. like. If I go ahead and sign up with the government, my Aunt May will be taken care of. I don't have to worry about bills. You know, I'll be able to stay in the mansion with Tony or in the tower with Tony. I'll, she'll be able to stay in the tower. You know, she'll be protected. <clears throat> so she thought. And and that went south for him real quick. You know, it went south for him. You know, Aunt May's life was put on the line. 
by Kingpin. You know, he sends out his cronies and, and she's almost dying. And Luke Cage, oh my God, Luke Cage's story was the probably the most powerful one because he had already been married to Jessica Jones. They had their baby, Danielle Cage. And <clears throat> he everybody knows who Luke Cage is. This is when he was staying in Harlem. Everybody knows who he is. Oh yeah. So he doesn't wear a mask. Never wore a mask. And here they here comes the government barreling down on his door. And he told his wife, he said, take the baby, go to Canada, don't watch the news, don't read any newspapers, don't do nothing, just leave. I need you to leave so I know you're protected. And she's like, well, what are you doing? He's like, I'm sitting here in the, in the apartment and I'm going to let him come. And they gave him to midnight. He's sitting in his chair and Tony Stark and, and the S.H.I.E.L.D. And, and all these other government cronies are showing up. <clears throat> and he's like, all right, Luke, you got to come out. You got to sign this thing. And he's like, I'm not signing that. And he's like, well, why not? He gave this this diatribe of reasons. And he said, this is just like what my great grandfather used to tell me about happening in the South during the 1800s and how if you were black and you just moved into this neighborhood that you had to write your name on this paper and you had to tell him that you was this new negro in the in the neighborhood and all this other stuff he was like no i'm not doing that he's like this is the same thing he was like and the neighborhood was back in luke they were throwing bottles and everything else they were like hey man leave him alone one y'all know who he is two he ain't never bothered nobody <clears throat> and he stood his ground and he fought them off tooth and nail till Cap came and helped him out. You know, because Cap was running this whole coalition and everything else. Civil War in the books, please go check it out. It was really intense. It was some great stuff. I, I like Luke Cage. I like. I want to get into the Netflix series because I know we cross over today. <laughs> sooner or later, we got it. He talked about the Luke Cage before. And I've told you my, my disappointment in the series, especially at the end. For those who haven't seen it, spoiler alert, they screw my man Luke Cage. And not, not <laughs> them as in like, the people, you know, the showrunners. They kind of turned him into Tony Montana. Like, I just feel, but that's neither here nor there. But back to the Civil War, you had the comic book. I, I'll touch on the movie because in the movie, and the Civil War started because of Segovia, of course. They wanted to pretty much the same thing, bringing uh, superheroes in. They wanted to, hey, you guys got powers. You guys need to work with us. We're government. We'll send you where we need to send you and where we think you guys need to go. So there's no more casualties because they were in Africa and Wanda accidentally killed some people. And that kind of caused also to be part of what happened with the Segovia Accords. There were people against it, people with it. Of course, Tony Stark with it for the life of me. I've never understood why, as much grief as he gave the government, he wanted to sign. <laughs> uh, I don't think it was so much the government he gave grief to. It was some of the politicians yeah. he gave grief so, to. Yeah, and when you find out later, you he was like, oh, he was every right to do so because Gary Shandling was Hydra. So, I mean, it made yeah, sense well, then. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we found that out. But it was just the movie... Touched on a lot. I mean, you had the introduction of Black Panther. Uh, you had Baron Zemo. Yeah. He'll be uh, making a return. He'll be making a return. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope so. Yeah. I, I hope Captain, Captain, uh, story arc wasn't 
Because I remember seeing him in the purple, the purple and yellow jumpsuit with the purple mask. Trust me. <laughs> Cap, uh, Captain America, well, Falcon and Winter Soldier. That's when he'll oh, be okay. in, and we will get the purple mask. God, man. Because I remember cartoons with him wearing that. But uh, back to the movie. Uh, so you have the introduction of Spider-Man. Civil War introduces us to Black Panther, Baron Zemo. You had Agent Ross. You had Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, King T'Chaka, who didn't live long. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it showed some things. Yeah. Um, so you had Bucky, who was framed by Zemo. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen it. I don't care. Too late, people. This is a podcast we talked about. Yeah. So... Baron Zemo set up Bucky throughout the whole movie to try to take down the Avengers because Baron Zemo had people in Sokovia who died. So his idea was if I can't kill them, I'll have them kill each other. So he had them kill each other. Hey, uh, get a bit of something. Okay. Dang. Okay, sorry, my dog. Anyway, no. But don't everybody. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Mary Zemo set up the Avengers. He used Bucky as a, um, a linchpin, kind of. He set him up and la- elaborately set him up. Yeah, like this was a this had to be a good two year plan for this to work out the way it did. Yeah, um, the kid killed T'Chaka and set Black Panther on a warpath to try to kill Bucky. Mm-hmm. So. You had Wanda on one side, Vision on one side. They had a lot of love, like people who liked each other on the opposite side. And it kind of reminded me of just like, I know Marvel does a lot because back then, civil rights, but it reminded me of the people who like wanted voting and didn't want voting. It was kind of like that yeah. kind of parallel I drew. Like on this side, you had people who believe the government is our friend and they're here for us. And on that other end, you had the people who was like, man, the government ain't helping us. They just want to control us and use us. And Baron Zemo was kind of in the middle, just kind of playing, you know, both sides against the fence. Like, just, I don't want y'all out of here, so this is what I'm going to do. Right. And that airplane fight, that airport fight scene to me had to be one of the best. Not because of the way it was, it was just the action. You had so many different powers. You had Rogue. You had fighting. the introduction of Giant Man, which. I was waiting for. Talking about a talk about a scene that was really close to the chest that never got leaked. That was for that was good. I don't know how that didn't get leaked because that that was huge. That that took about that literally from internet standpoint, that took two weeks before it that movie was out. Two weeks before somebody actually leaked it. Yeah. And I'm like, that's called product placement. Good lord, that was good. Because you didn't hear anything about it until, like, you actually either seen it or somebody was just like, you know what, I'm tired of holding this information. Yeah, they uh, that was, that was, Civil War is great. Um, we have the night that Gwen Stacy died, which, that's not so much of a crossover, it's just one of the best storylines. Um, she dies the same way she does in Amazing, in Amazing Spider-Man 2. Pretty much. And you find out years later that it was kind of Peter's fault. <laughs> it was kind of Peter's fault, you know. Like, it wasn't the fall that killed her; it was the sudden stopping of her falling that killed her, and it snapped her neck. Equals broken back and neck. Yes. So it, it wasn't the goblin's fault. 
It was your fault, Pete. Sorry, you know, I love you, Pete, but that was that, that you dropped the ball on that one. <laughs> yeah, you dropped the ball on that one. Um we kind we kind of seen the coming of Galactus, and I'm not happy about it. Uh that's another that's a fantastic four story. Uh not I am no. <laughs> I was like, there's no other way to put that. I like I am not happy with that particular storyline for the book for the movie anyway. Um, that was issue Fantastic Four issue forty eight through fifty. That actually took several issues, and my and actually ended at fifty. And two issues later, Black Panther shows up for the first time. But that's another story. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that it, it was touched on in two venues. It was touched on the nineties in the nineties car- cartoon Fantastic Four. And in that one, you had like Ghost Rider showed up and everybody else. Yeah, it, it was a, it was a few of people that showed up, but it wasn't nearly. Spider-Man? Yeah, Spider Man. It that that was a good crossover for the cartoon. Uh, the movie version, not so much. I'm um, so tired of them rebooting Fantastic Four and still not getting it right. They they'll get it right now. <laughs> so like they'll yeah. definitely get it right now. But uh, it was just. Uh, uh, you know, a huge letdown. Silver Surfer was fine. Oh yeah, the, the character in the movie was fine. Yeah, you know, it was. It was completely okay with that. It was just Galactus was pretty cool, but the movie itself just was garbage. Yeah. Um, so we we have that one. Uh, we have Daredevil: Born Again, which was actually more touched on in the Netflix series. Uh, when he what's it was it uh, that was during the Defenders wasn't it Yes, yeah, yeah. When the cave when it caves in and everything else, but if you yeah. watch it at the end, right after the credits, he wakes up. Yeah, he, he's they his mother actually has him. You know, and it was the, it was going to be the start of Born Again, and I mean, I was so sad about the Defenders. Like yeah, I wish they took that a little further. Yeah, I think it was just a poor. It was a poor outing, and 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 it was partially because of the Iron Fist character, and it was. That's another character they just underdeveloped. Yeah, this is what happens, people, when you hire an actor who doesn't have that much training, or you don't give him enough time to train. I don't have a problem with the actor himself. I oh, just no, have. He was cool. Yeah. It was just his fight scenes was yeah. garbage. Yeah, yeah. Finn Jones, it's not your fault. They just didn't give you enough fight time. Here is a perfect example. Keanu Reeves had at least almost two years. Well, the cast of The Matrix had almost two years of martial arts yeah, training yeah. and gun training and grappling and, and everything else before they even started filming. Their fight scenes. This makes a whole lot of difference. It makes it that much more natural. But yeah. you, if you watch, his movement, his movement was kind of hanky and jerky. It was like he kind of knew what he was doing, but he didn't. He wasn't. He didn't feel confident. Like he didn't feel confident in doing it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it wasn't until after the first season of Iron Fist and then after Defenders and then you get he shows up in an episode of Luke Cage which that was awesome and oh then by the God. time his second oh. season of Iron Fist shows up yeah that, that was the crossover I was waiting on 
The Heroes for Hire. Heroes for Hire. That was a. I <laughs> watched every gross. episode and I was fast forwarding through parts just so I could get to that episode. We we had talked about that because I had fully I caught on to the Netflix series late. Yeah. And then when I was watching it, because I started with Luke Cage, mm-hmm. because I liked him in the cartoons, I liked, and I wanted to see how they portrayed him in the show. Yeah. So his show was amazing. Yeah. Soundtrack was great. Oh, God. The way, he was, the way his character was, was great. And, and the actor who played him, and again, I'm sorry with names right now, but he played him so well, and they told the story. Of Luke Cage in a way that you like, man, I know him. Like, this is my guy, Luke. Yeah, like, uh, Way more, but it was just it was amazing. Yeah, that was that was Luke Coulter. Yeah, Luke Coulter, Mike Coulter. Yeah. I'm sorry, Mike Coulter. Michael and yeah. and 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 my cop crush Simone Misnick as Misty Misty Knight. Oh, Misty, man, they did her. She fine her. and dangerous. <laughs> like that first episode, when Misty was in the bar. I was like. I don't know who she is, but if she ain't in every episode after this, <laughs> there's a problem. <laughs> Man, so yeah, so Daredevil born again, yeah, more misty, right? But yeah, Daredevil born again, that was a great little uh, callback. I wish they could have really revisited that to kind of build that up some more. Um, the Kree Scroll War. We didn't get a really a Kree Scroll war. We've gotten a Kree Scroll conflict. Yeah. yeah. You know, and you only see that in Captain Marvel. You only get bits and pieces of it. I would love for them to revisit it. That's one that's one variation of it. Uh Infinity the Infinity Gauntlet saga. We've just seen ten years of the Infinity Gauntlet saga, and it ended in what can possibly be the most perfect way I've ever seen. They dropped the mic so well on that movie. Yeah. In game, again, I, I still go back to watch it. Hell, I might go watch it after we get there. I plan on watching it tomorrow. <laughs> get off work, I'm watching it tomorrow. In game was the culmination of 10 years of great storytelling. Right. And then. My scene has to be when everybody comes back. You have all these holes opening. You have about a million characters that we haven't even seen yet. You have the Valkyries. You have the, the Guardians of the Galaxy. You had the Wakandans, the Asgardians. You had Bucky. You had, I mean, you had so many characters that are going forward that they just scratched the surface. In 10 years, they... You're talking about, I see that, once again, people, spoiler alert, this thing's on Disney Plus, so if you have not watched it yet, I don't know what else to tell you, but when you see the scene where, where it's Cap, Iron Man, and Thor, and they're facing off with Thanos, 
three on one, and they're 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 holding their own, but they still getting it handed to them. And then Thanos gets to drop on Thor, and that hammer comes up, and you're just like, he about to call it out, like, because the first thing I thought was. He forgot that the hammer's over there. He about to call a hammer and knock him. I, I was half right. I, I was with yeah. because I he was in the theaters and I thought he called the hammer too. Yeah. I'm like, oh man, I forgot he had him. Yeah. He had he, he had Stormbreaker. He had near there. I'm like, okay, he called it too. And when it went back to Cat, the whole theater. Yes. The explosion in the theater. Was like okay, this was almost he almost age all trying he almost he had it yeah, and then Thor was kind of shook. He was like, oh okay, <laughs> he was like he's he's more worthy than I am. Really. Almost, I thought he was almost he was almost worthy. Jealous, the jealous Thor almost came out. Yeah, when he caught that hammer and came back, the explosion in the theater. That's why that's one of the movies I was, I will always remember. It's it's the scene. It's, that scene, the explosion, the the the, the jubilation in the theater—that set the whole tone. After that, because like that, that set the whole tone. After after, point, after he did that, that point from on, everybody was on the edge of their seat. Like, and he and he ma- and he mastered that hammer with no yeah. effort. Like, I'm like, man, he, he calling lightning too. He, yeah, he did like, that with no problem. He was just like, all Thor could say was, "I knew it." Wham! Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. He was more drawn into the fact that he caught it than the fact that he's laying on his back right now. Yeah, throw on his back like use that hammer. <laughs> he's like he might be using it better than me. I was like, Thor didn't do have the stuff Cat did with that hammer. No, nah, he and he had his shield. So when he went at him, oh man, oh. I, I think even Thanos was a little shook because he was just like, oh hold on. Wait, he moving too fast. He doing too much. He got the hammer and the shield. He's like, I, the the like when he threw the when he threw the shield and then he threw the hammer at the shield, which caused the sound yeah. to knock Thanos down. He caused it back. I was like, this dude's a tactician. That's how you fight. <laughs> that is that is how you fight from now on. Like you don't fight like that in every movie. <laughs> That's so that scene, and then all you hear is, "Cat, can you hear me?" Yeah, on your left, and I'm like, oh, wait a minute, yeah. <laughs> hold on. And Doctor Strange start opening all these, all these portals opening. Again, Look, the, the, expo- the explosion from the explosion from Cap catching a hammer, and then the explosion from when Black Panther was the first one to walk through that portal. And I, and I, think, I read somewhere that the the, uh, the Russo brothers wanted Black Panther to come out first. It kind of signified that um, everybody was coming back, but they made him because they wanted Bucky to come out first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was like we felt Black Panther coming out first would have been more of a shock to everybody. Yeah, because you was like you like we just we just had this moment of three months of of a character who just who himself his own solo film made like a billion dollars, and then like. Several like God. almost a year later, he dies, and you're like, "What the hell just happened?" Yeah. And so that was a good punch when I seen him die. Yeah, I've I've read articles where people say, "Well, why was he the first to come out?" I'm like, "You forgot where the last battle was at. It was in his God. country. It was God. like so. Yeah, that's where. Of God. course, God. he would be the first one to come back, and then we start having everybody else show up, and and whew, that's there was some that entire that's what like a half hour fight scene 
that was the most intense. I've never felt that more on edge and happy. My blood pressure rolled for an hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like he had to lead up to it, and it was just like even the lead up to that old fight scene, like the whole movie as a whole was just. You're super just crazy. you're just like you're just hoping everything's you're, you're just hoping and. Yeah, the way they told the story is like we have a chance, but we don't know if it's gonna work. Right. And then there the whole thing throughout the movie is whatever it takes. That's all we keep hearing, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. And that's and that was the theme. That was the theme. It said whatever it takes. We gotta do whatever it takes, we gotta do it. And oh, but when hey, Carol when Carol shows up too, like just when they looked like they was getting the turn of the tide was going, like oh man, they getting they getting hammered, they getting hammered right now, and then all of a sudden the guns stop and they flip yeah. back the other direction. Everybody's like, what? Wait, what's going on? Everybody's looking at the sky, like what are they looking at? Like yeah, Carol shows up, and I was excited, but my wife was like, yes, and she's not even a comic book <laughs> fan, but she loves the films and she loves the TV shows, and she was like. Yes, <laughs> she was like, I knew. She was like, yes, and I'm like, oh, you ain't alone, baby. So yeah, it was in- that was big, um, because the way she left before they started going back in time was just like she got a handle suit. She got a handle business. Like she's not. She, it was the soldier in her. Is what yeah. it was. It was the soldier in her, and that's all she knew. She was like, I gotta go find out. And she even told them, like she told War Machine, she was like, hey. He was like, "Where, where were you at?" With all you know, early in the film, when he was like, "Well, where were you at?" We all about that superhero life, but where were you at? And she was like, "Unfortunately, their plan is who didn't have you guys to protect that them." Lie. <laughs> that <laughs> lie. Oh, when he says you, we all about that superhero life. <laughs> that lie. <laughs> There's so many lines in it. It is. That lie was just like it took me back to the streets. This <laughs> is like. He's like, yeah, I'm out here fighting. He's like, yeah, we all about that superhero life. I mean, we all about that life. What you saying? Like, like, but where you been? Out here fighting. Where you been? But her retort was so leveled because he couldn't have a comeback after she told him. It was like she was like, hey, this plan is who didn't have you guys protecting them, and all they had was me, (laughs) and it's just me. (laughs) I'm like, it's seventy y'all and one of me. Right? How, How you feel? (laughs) <laughs> he, he couldn't. He couldn't even retort after that. It was just like there, there, was, there was no comeback. That was a good mic drop, right? So you got Infinity. You got the Infinity Gauntlet saga, which she goes facing people. I'll probably be watching that again tomorrow night. <laughs> so um, yeah, I'm gonna watch it tonight. <laughs> yeah, like we'll, we'll be going into that. Uh, we spoke earlier, and uh, World War Hulk is what I would like to see. That's what I want. That's what you know. We've seen pieces of Hulk's story weaved throughout all the Avengers films but we don't get to see how he got to be what he what he is at that point obviously him yeah. and, and, and Bruce came to some kind of agreement yeah and we we don't get because we have a Professor Hulk um, we had Joe Fixit yeah uh, <laughs> we got Grey Hulk Savage Hulk you know, uh, old man hawk. There's so many hawks, like so many layers to the hawk. So many, so many yeah. thoughts. <laughs> so many, yeah. so many mind issues he has. So that was yeah. all the, that was all the Marvel uh, uh, crossovers. 
So we're gonna go over now. I'm I'm not big now. I'm bigger on Marvel than I am DC, but I do I have a couple. DC, but Marvel kind of knocked it off the block ten years. They did. DC, they, had. they had. But there, like, there's a couple, there's a couple standout moments that are uh, pretty good for DC. So one of them is the death of Superman. Um, that yeah. This is the the so I'm speaking of the Batman versus Superman film, which has so many flaws. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, it's not the doomsday we deserve. That yeah, doomsday, like I like the doomsday better that was on Smallville. Yeah, way better because at yeah, least he doomsday. looked like at least he looked like Doomsday. <laughs> so this one looked like a, a dirty Ninja Turtle without a mask. Like, exactly, <laughs> and and it was just you know like you mean to tell me all this time it's just a mutated Zod? It's like it's not fair. It, it wasn't fair to people. Uh, no. They jammed in Batman versus Stu- Superman. They actually jammed what three storylines in one film you had the batman versus superman which is uh the dark knight returns uh yeah. comic you have the league the beginning of the justice league which that's a whole book in itself then you have the death of superman and it's like you've put too much into it you know and i remember articles coming out when san diego comic-con first announced it they were saying stuff like we have man of steel 2 coming out okay perfect and then, like, literally, like, two weeks later, they're like, and it's going to start Batman. I'm like, okay. And it was like, it's going to start Wonder yeah, Woman. I was like, okay. That, yeah. can, that confused me because I'm like, is this Man of Steel 2 or is it something else? Or yeah. Something? And they kept what coming out with more news. And I literally, by, like, in two months, they were saying, oh, and Aquaman's going to be in it. Oh, Cyborg's going to be in it. Oh, Flash. I'm like, well, what are y'all doing? The Justice League? And sure enough, that's what it was. <laughs> that's what it was and, and and that's what made they shoehorn too much I know Zack Snyder had a vision in mind and it probably looked better on paper way probably way better the storyboard is probably amazing yeah because see there's a storyboard that's out even now that the uh, general that's on Man of Steel that's in Man of Steel and he shows up in, I believe he shows up in Batman versus Superman. I can't remember that actor's name. He's always in something. But yeah. uh, the storyboard was supposed to say that that was supposed to be Martian Manhunter re- in reality, which would have been a different look. But I'm like, once again, you're shoehorning so many characters in. It 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 was kind of hard. Yeah. Um, another storyline that we've seen crossed over for DC in in the film world is Batman No Man's Land and Nightfall. Those are two storylines in the comics, two separate storylines that showed up in one film. That film is The Dark Knight Rises. Um, that's the Christian Bale Batman. That's the Christopher Nolan's directorial Batman. Um, it's not bad. Don't get me wrong. It's not bad. I actually like it. It was just you, you have Bane and Bane gets thrown into it and he breaks Batman's back. So that this is this is Nightfall right here. And but you don't have anybody taking his place. You just have the breakdown of society in Gotham, which ends up becoming no man's land. 
And in the books, No Man's Land was really just this massive earthquake that just pretty much decimated Gotham and pretty much the government was just like, hey, there's no hope for you guys. We're not going to help you at all. So shut down and figure it out. You know, and it was just kind of like, ah, you kind of jammed every. Not bad. Not a bad film. Uh, no. It's no Dark Knight. With Heath Ledger, that that was oh no, that was that that Joker, that nailed it. That was a nail. That was a good one. Yeah, for some reason, it's a lot of this. And here's a, here's another sidebar. There's a lot of movies that have sequels or threequels, and it's always the second one that's like the best one. Yeah, that middle, that sweet spot. They yeah, it, I don't know what it is. The first one, they're the first one, they're trying something new, or they're just trying to establish the character. And then the third one, they're trying to finish off the character. But that second one, they just let the character just be free. Yeah. And Joker in that movie, he stole the movie. Like that should have just been called Joker. <laughs> right. And Batman was in it, like because he played that story. The story was good. The the uh, cinematography was good. It had great scenes. And Joker just didn't care. Like, that's the Joker I like. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was the cinematic DC universe. Now, unfortunately, DC has a lot of issues, in my opinion, and I'm probably not alone. Um, their cinematics beyond Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and Shazam, and even Man of Steel uh, could use a lot that of work. Good. Yeah, I actually like There's some, it, and Man of Steel has a split decision on that one because you know they're just like oh he doesn't kill i'm like well you know you figure if you if you really paid attention to the superman character through man of steel batman versus superman and justice league it's really his story oh yeah you know it's the first one is him finding out who he is he's finding himself the second one is now people are you know kind of looking up to almost like a godlike character and he's trying to figure out how does he accept that role? And he dies. Yeah. The third one is him coming back and really he's the he's the Superman we know. He, he's he's yeah. balanced. He's balanced now. He's figured it out. He's back from the dead. He knows what's going on. He's everything's clear now. He knows what he needs to do. It's really his story, but it was just told in a cinematic way that might have been too much. It was too much going on, you know. It was a lot of is a lot of is a lot to digest. I think Batman versus Superman might have been busy of a all because it was yeah. They're trying to tell the story from two different lenses. It was like Superman's view, and then you had Batman's view from the crowd, and him saving the trying to save his workers. He had Lex Luthor. You let him die, and all this other stuff. Right. And thinking that Lex Luthor, I didn't really like. That Lex Luthor. Not a fan. Sorry, Jesse Eisenberg. Actually, I liked him better at the end of Justice League. That version, when he, yeah. when that version, that Lex, yeah. that Lex, I like. Not the rambling Lex. Yeah, the, the craziness. Yeah, I'm like, dude, what's wrong with you? But the Lex that was at the end, the bald Lex that was talking to Deathstroke, I'm like, that's the Lex I know. I like that Lex better. Yeah. So it was there, there was some there was some moments for that one. <laughs> it was some moments. Now, 
the television version of crossovers. I don't know what CW got in their pocket. Yeah, DC killed they, CW was like, you know what? Y'all they keep making them crappy movies, but these shows. And it, it, yeah, it all started with Arrow. Uh, Arrow, if many, many don't know, Arrow has officially ended its season. Um, they had a short season, unfortunately. Uh, it's not due to the COVID-19 virus or anything. They just had pretty much a half a season. And it sucked. And it was bad. And, you know, I wanted more. Um, but out of Air, out of the Arrowverse was born The Flash, the TV show. Out of the Flash was born what was it? DC Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. Out of you know, out of the Flash was born Supergirl. Out of out of out of DC Legends of Tomorrow and Flash and Supergirl combined was born Batwoman. So all of these came from one show, and that was Arrow. Uh, Arrow is Arrow actually literally took the role of Batman, so to speak. He was he was the Batman of that universe because they couldn't use him. Yeah. And yeah. right, and their first one of their first major crossovers, and they've had several of them now. <laughs> I think they've had three or they've had about four of them now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, their first their first major storyline that they used was Flashpoint. And obviously, yeah. this came from the Flash, and this is where he he calls himself going back he's always trying to save his father you know his father didn't die his father was just in prison for his mother's death which yeah, he did not do first flash right <laughs> and he was always trying to prove his innocence and he had an opportunity to do so by running back in time stopping reverse flash allowing his mother to live but it changed the entire timeline throughout the entire arrowverse um it changed on Arrow, John Diggle and his wife, they had a daughter. Until Barry went back in time and changed everything. And when he came back, they don't have a daughter anymore. They got a son. <laughs> it was like, it, that was just one of the changes. You know, it was like, oh, Barry, why? <laughs> like, when well, they, while there was those running memes, like, yeah. Something up and they were like, oh shit, Barry, what'd you do now? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> he was like, Barry, what did you do? <laughs> I was like, yeah. But But the latest crossover, which I've gone on record to say has been their most ambitious, is Crisis on Infinite Earths. Um They've included Black Lightning this season. Oh man, they Smallville. They brought <laughs> they brought back people we didn't we they brought back things we forgot about or people we forgot about. They brought back Burt Ward, the original Robin. He wasn't in the Robin costume, of course. He was wearing yeah. a V neck sweater that had the Robin colors. But they show up with him. He says, "Holy crimson, crimson." What did he say? "Holy crimson skies," and then his world is wiped out. They brought back Bird, the Birds of Prey show, where Huntress is talking to Barbara on the intercom. Her world yeah. gets wiped out. Uh, God, they show so many worlds getting wiped out. But that told you there was more than one world. Lucifer's oh, yeah. world, the show Lucifer, that showed up on there. Yeah, he's a part of that universe. Yeah, he's a part of that universe. Right. There was things going on in this in these 
five-part episodes that blew my mind. And when they when Tom Welling shows up, that might have been I, I that was might have been the only clip I've watched because I didn't get the chance to watch it, which I'm trying to look forward to seeing it. Because um, we had talked about that too. Yeah, uh, Tom Welling showing up because I know I read before he was he thought about reprising the role and what happened to Superman after the show hit. Because for me, like I said, Smallville was one of the it's, first. It's probably, it's a very, mm, the, it's a very funny inter- exchange between him and Lex Luthor. Now, the yeah, Lex they have, Lex yeah, now, the, <laughs> now this Lex Luthor is, is played by John Cryer. Now, I will go on record as saying he's probably one of the best live action actors to play Lex Luthor. Uh, very not who not what I was expecting from him at I, all. I, I still like Michael Rosenbaum. He's he he unfortunately he couldn't make it on there. Yeah, but he, said he wanted to. Yeah, he wanted to. I I think they didn't reach out to him or for something. I can't remember how that went down. But there's an exchange between Supergirl's Lex Luthor and Smallville's Tom Welling. And it's such a funny exchange because Lex Luthor basically gets the book of time. And he's deciding he's going to go to all these different Earths and wipe out Superman because that's his whole thing. If I kill Superman, I can do what I need to do. So he goes to this Earth to wipe out the Tom Welling Superman. And he's he's on the Kent farm. He's working. He's married to Lois. And... (laughs) they have two kids you just see Lois though you don't see the two kids and he gets there he's talking to him and he was like oh you must be Lex and they they have this weird exchange but it's funny because he pretty much tells him he was like well I gave up my powers years ago so Lex is like you gave up your powers so that kind of like took the fight out of him and he was like and they have like this this banter, and then that's where super, super, he's super. Where that's where Clark says he's like, "Yeah, I, I don't miss him. I don't miss him." And, and like Lex is going on with this rambling and barking and everything. He's like, "Yeah, and I don't miss that neither." You know, <laughs> and, and it, it's such a funny exchange. And it's probably, and I will. I'm like I said, John Cryer. If you ever get a chance to listen to the show, you're doing a fantastic job. I love your Lex Luthor. Keep it up. And I was really surprised at how he played that role. Really surprised. Like yeah, he played he played it because when I like I said, I watched the clip and the exchange was hilarious because I, I remember one line, he was like, Yeah, I'm Lex. He's like, You're not the Lex I know. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and and I, I I read a theory that the the I know we watched the small field um, series, there was the different kryptonites. You know, you had red kryptonite, mm-hmm. green, and blue. And I believe there's like a gold or something, but blue kryptonite strips him of his power. Right, completely. There's a theory that either in the watch or his ring, there was blue kryptonite. So that's why he didn't have power. Yeah, yeah. All the, all the, that was, it was part of his reasoning was, uh, he couldn't live his life as Superman. And still live his life yeah. being married and having kids because they were always going to be some kind of danger. Yeah, and they brought back Eric Durance. Yeah, uh, who who actually plays two roles on the entire Arrowverse. Yeah, 
She plays Lois Lane in the Smallville Arrowverse world on Crisis. And she actually plays Supergirl's mother on Supergirl. It was another actress that played her, but as of recently, she's been playing her mother. As a matter of fact, everyone who's played Superman almost since the, the 90s has been on this show. Yeah, because they had uh, Lois and Clark. God, yeah, right. De Dean Kane. Dean Kane has been on the show. That show was very underrated. It was. It was. It was also fast-tracked, like, near the last season. Because it was around that time in the books where Superman and Lois get married. So yeah. it was actually... So by the time their last season, it was fast-tracked that him and Lois get right. married. And it was like, ah, oh, yeah. you're kind of forcing the gun here. You yeah, know? rushed it. But, yeah, I... Crisis on Infinite Arts is a fun... Five part crossover. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> like you're talking about, man. I gotta get up early in the morning, but watch. <laughs> I'm like, I gotta watch this. You know, I like, I get up at four in the morning, but I gotta watch this. This is good, you know. <laughs> and that's what it was. That's how it turned out to be, and it was. It really was. It paid off. I mean, there is so much that goes on in that show or in that crossover. That you're just like, oh my God, I can't believe they just did that. Oh my God, did that just happen? Oh my God, you know, it was like, like Kevin Smith does two cap, uh, two in cap shows for the for the crossover. And if you know Kevin Smith is a big fanboy anyway. Oh yeah. And it shows. It really shows. So if you don't get a chance, and this is for you too, Dick. Check I'm out. Going to, I'm going to go watch. Check, check. I still have it on my DVR. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like, hey, I don't know how long this thing's gonna last, but I'm gonna have it on my DVR one, for a while. That one snippet that I seen was like, okay, they brought back Tom Welling. This gotta be huge because at one point he was talking about he'd never go back and play Superman again. Yeah, you know, he, he didn't wear the suit. Uh, and when, yeah. like we like I spoke, like I said earlier, Brandon Routh, he does double duty. He plays Adam on DC Adam, Legends, and then he plays, and then he plays, King, he plays Kingdom Come Superman. It's yeah. the Kingdom Come suit he's wearing. Yeah, and it, yeah, and it kind of, and then and here's the thing: the Kingdom Come Superman is the Superman from Superman Returns. Yeah, I know, but still, we're not gonna bring that movie up. Yeah, that movie has to get scratched from the end. But see, but and then if you think about it, he's a lot bigger too. <laughs> and it shows he's like a lot more ripped. And you're like, dude, yeah. I'm like, okay. Because <laughs> in the movie, he looked, he looked small. He and, was, and that's another thing I didn't like about it. Like, like I said, uh, Justice League is playing now, and he's ripped. Like, Wait, he's Henry Cavill is just ripped. Yeah. That dude's huge. You know, he's just one of those guys. It's just like it's just like uh, 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 Ben Affleck playing yeah. Batman. It was like, dude. He's already tall and in shape. Yeah. He got bulk for that, for that role. And he actually did a really good job, you know, as Batman. I, I wanted to see more, you know. Yeah. But he was, he, was, he was grizzled and pissed. <laughs> That's the Batman I want. Yeah, he was grizzled and pissed. He was like, I'm like, hmm, I like this guy. You yeah, redeemed yourself from your daredevil role. Thank you, good sir. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Talk about bad films. <laughs> uh, 
you can make it. That could be a show. Woo! Right. Well, everybody, this show has been fantastic. It might be split into two two episodes. Who knows? Uh, I might just run full thing. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to thank everybody for tuning in to Blurred's Eye View. Chris G. Darius. We yeah, will be yeah. seeing you and listening to you. I hope you listen to us soon. Thank you for tuning in. Blurred's Eye View out.